Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It should yeah. not change hands. Even if you strip Jan, that belt should not change hands. No. He's yeah. just be- he was getting beat up. To me, that was four rounds to zero to PT. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Four rounds to zero, yet Aljamain Sterling jumps on the floor and grabs his head like a little bitch and gets, <laughs> and gets the belt. It's fucking embarrassing. I was going to say, it's not like you to, to wind people up, uh, Paddy. Seeing you have many, a, many a, a Twitter spat with various people. Do you find that that's just a way to entertain yourself, though? Like, particularly yeah, I, Twitter. I, Twitter's full of dicks. I can't help myself, lad. You know what I mean? Paul and other people always say I should just blank them, but I, I, I have like having a back and forth. It, it helps pass time, and it's quite funny, lad, to be honest with you. Even these troll accounts, lad, I still have a little go back and forth with them, lad, when they chat and shit. It's just, it, it, it's funny. Uh, Jürgen Klopp, in or out? In. Only idiots would say out. There's a few of them, mind, on social media I've seen lately. They're but, not uh, proper reds, then, lad. No. They haven't got a clue about football. Who's there for you? Know what I mean? Mm, like, yeah. I had a lot of Klingons when I won the belt. I had a lot of people, bandwagon jumpers, wanting yeah. to be me to get into clubs with me and to say the paddy the baddies mate and stuff like that you know what I mean and then when you lose and other things happen you realise who's actually there for you well yeah I didn't even know but I went into that fight with no ligaments in my hand um, <laughs> I won that fight with no ligaments in my hand so I had to that was my latest surgery in September that's why I never fought on the next on the first Tillers show because I had a uh, two days after that Saturday, yeah, on the Monday or the Tuesday, I had a, a ligament reconstruction in my left hand, so that's why I haven't fought since then. Um, I was gonna fight on that trilogy, obviously, and then I ended up getting my hand up that and got told that I'm gonna need surgery, so that was my third hand surgery in September. But this time, I didn't just rush back in and fight on the first trilogy, I mean, uh, in the December trilogy, I've waited, I've let my hand deal up properly this time, I've left my mistakes, and uh, I'll be back better than ever taking heads off I don't know why you'd have in your bio on Insta silver medalist that's embarrassing <laughs>
Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Danny Batten Fight Show. This is episode number 66. Tonight we are talking to our special guest, plus having a look at last night's UFC 259 card, which was incredible. And uh, uh, we'll also do some predictions for next week's UFC, as well as talk a bit of uh, Cage Warriors Trilogy, among other things. But uh, the show's available, video format as usual, at uh, youtube.com slash acepodcastnation. Click the bell, subscribe, and uh, spread the word. Ace Podcast Nation, obviously, home to many great shows and series, top guests, expert analysts, and more. Give us a follow on social media. And, uh, of course, you can get the audio versions of all the different series at the usual podcast and radio platforms. But uh, with no further ado, first of all, joining me as ever, the co-host with the most... It is K, former Cage Warriors champion, UK MMA legend, Mr. Danny Batten. How goes it, my friend? You all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really good. Thanks, uh, Sai. Um, wow, what, what a weekend of UFC. Oh, my it God. I, I, with this one, I had to watch all the prelims as well. So, yeah, I'm just munching up plenty of uh, fight performances from last night. Yeah, the prelims, mate, were better than the... Uh, I thought they were. it was a show on its own, like, just the prelims was a... Oh, worthy of just being a show on his own but it was all good mate very exciting some interesting stuff some controversy yeah. we'll uh, get into that a little bit later but before we do delighted to welcome our special guest for this week none other than uh, former cage warriors featherweight champion and current cage warriors lightweight contender mr paddy the baddy pimblet welcome my friend how are you how are we the boys hope you're well <laughs> yeah all good mate all good been looking forward to having a chat Obviously, little uh, little story very quickly. Paddy's been on the channel before, way, 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 way back. Um, when I first started, really, I, did, I think I was only like about 10 shows in. And uh, I tweeted to Paddy, just out, you know, just right as you do, and just said, oh, I think I said something about a recent fight or something like that. And then he replied, and I said, oh, you come on my YouTube channel. Not really expecting a reply. <laughs> and uh, he just said, oh, yeah, all right. And then we kind of, I got, got him on. And uh, a measure of the man, he was out, he was on a day off with his old man in the pub and he still found an hour. It was back in the uh, back of the days of doing the shows on Skype and that. But uh, still found the time, mate, and it was just, we had a good chat. You sat in the pub. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that was, was uh, that was when I was in Leeds, that training in bad company for a week. Yeah. That was, to, that was when I was meant to fight Giannetti, that, on the fat bastard that I made weight. Wow. In fairness, mate, he didn't, uh, he didn't uh, come close to making uh, make weight, mate, did he? He didn't even say that debut. Yeah. We talked about that, mate, to Danny at the time, didn't he? Yeah, he, he, he failed to make weight and then like started drinking water as he came off the scales and then it's just like Jesus it's it's craziness uh, absolute craziness it was so frustrating because I think you'd been waiting in the wings for a fight and there had been lots of controversy about you trying to get a match anyway hadn't there and then yeah. for that to happen was just utterly shocking it really is he just wanted to closer to welterweight was the most annoying thing like. yeah Jesus yeah. Christ nuts he must have known that he he was not going to get close he must have known but Worst thing no, was he tried do? to say he was collapsing in the sauna and that which he weren't. <laughs> nah, nah. He um, <laughs> ah, he wanted a holiday, mate. That's what it was. He just wanted to trip over here. He'd just never, he'd a... never been outside America before, had he? Oh, was it? Right. Is no, that, that right? Was his first oh, ever time outside of America before. Right. Yeah, as well. 
So, um, so what we're going to do, Paddy, to start us off, mate, is we're going to do uh, something which I've brought over from the football shows, which is uh, the Magnificent Seven. And uh, basically, what it is, seven quick-fire questions, just uh, just to get a, get a feel for some of your tastes, mate, and, and what not. Nothing. I'd like to throw in a little grenade here and there, but uh, nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing too testing, mate. Nothing too testing. So uh, let's have a go. Okay, Paddy Pimblet, The Magnificent Seven. Favourite TV show? That's a, that's a hard one, that, to be honest. It is, isn't it? Off the, off the top of my head. It'll be going all time here, yeah. Yeah, you can go anything. Anything you want. Um, it has to be like... It has to be Game of Thrones. See, even, though, the, even though the ending was shit. See, I think I'm the only person in the UK, like, or probably the world, who doesn't watch it. I've never watched a second of it. I ain't um, watched it. Yeah, I'd have to, <laughs> other than that, other than that, it'd probably be like The Sopranos, like the top of oh, going now, that's or, or The Wire. The class, two two classics. I like that. Uh, next question: Messi or Ronaldo? Messi, all day. He's got God-given talent. Lad. Ronaldo's worked hard for it, but Messi was put on this earth to play football. Yeah. I like it. I, I I can get that. Uh, best trainer at Next Generation or hardest oh. trainer? Uh, oh, who works the hardest or like the coach? Uh, hardest. Works hardest. Young Nathan Fletcher. Here we go. Uh, Favourite music? Type of music? Mm. It's got to be rap or dance like one or the other that I probably couldn't decide just to listen to both. Uh, toughest opponent? So far, um, it's not a hard one. Well, I always say my first ever Cage Warriors fight was possibly my toughest ever fight against Callum Florian. So I'll go with Callum Florian. And um, we just talked, me and you just talked about this when we were waiting for Danny. But uh, uh, Jurgen Klopp, in or out? In. Only idiots would say out. There's a few of them mind on social media I've seen lately. They're but, not uh, proper reds, them lad. No. They haven't got a clue about football. You can't go from winning the league last year for the first time in a lot, a long time, to then suddenly saying, "Clap out!" Like it's just ridiculous. Um, and then uh, this one's taken over from the the football show because I love this question. And uh, it is, in your opinion, who is the greatest man to ever come out of Liverpool? doesn't have to be sport related it could be anything personally for me lad because he dragged us through that much shit when I was younger lad Steven Gerrard yeah, you know I what I mean like without, without him lad my football and memories as a child would be terrible yeah. so it has to be it has to be Steven Gerrard yeah you know, your football upbringing and memories would be very different without Steven Gerrard in that team yeah we wouldn't have won a single fucking trophy <laughs> Would have been like Everton. My mate, my Everton fan mates haven't seen the team win a trophy in the whole life. Lad, it's fucking sad. Yeah, see, like for me, like I remember Everton being pretty good, like when I was younger, like when I was a young kid. But like, obviously, I got like probably fifteen, twenty years on you now, nearly. So like, yeah, yeah all my, your when, mates, your age, would mates, never have seen it. 
loads of my mates are like, oh, we're above you, we're above you, this and that, you know what I mean? We beat you to the day. So I, I've got a picture there, and like half of the picture is blue and half of the picture is red. And the blue half has not a single trophy in. And the red half has every trophy we've won since 1995, when they haven't won a trophy. And that was the year I was born, and all my mates were born. So most of my mates have never seen Everton win a trophy, you support them. It's painful being a football fan, though, isn't it? When you, it is, if, your team, if your team is not doing very well and you grow up, you've got to be dedicated. Otherwise, I, uh, I love winding them up with it, lad. Know what I mean? Over yeah. the past 25 years, we're going to have won more trophies than them. <laughs> like it. The, um, I was going to say, it's not like you to, to wind people up, uh, Paddy. Seeing you have many a, many a, a Twitter spat with various people. Do you find that that's just. A way to entertain yourself, though. Like, particularly yeah, I, Twitter. I, Twitter's full of dicks. I can't help myself, lad, you know what I mean? Paul and other people always say I should just blank them, but I, I, I have, like, having a back and forth. It, it helps pass time, and it's quite funny, lad, to be honest with you. Even these troll accounts, lad, I still have a little go back and forth with them, lad, when they're chatting shit. It's just, it, it, it's funny. Yeah, and I suppose, like, you must get, like, hundreds of tweets every day of just people giving you shit as well. So, like... It must be very difficult not to say something back, like, sometimes, I would think. But there we go. Um, right, so I know Danny's going to have a load of questions for you, mate. But um, one thing I wanted to kind of just discuss with you a little bit was um, kind of your start in MMA and how it came about, how you ended up uh, kind of getting to where you were. Obviously, you grew up in Liverpool. But tell us a bit about, like... You're sort of you growing up and then going into how you started got into MMA and that sort of stuff. Well, to be honest, I was I was a small kid when I was younger. I never I wasn't no hard case. You know what I mean? I was just a young lad, one of the lads in the was one of the smallest lads in my year. To be honest, went to an all boys school, um, so like you got used to giving shit and getting given shit. Well, that's probably why I'm good at Twitter arguments, lads, because <laughs> it was just what happened on the yard every fucking day. Yeah. Um, at, just before I was 15, one of my mates, Kyle Wilson, showed me Clay Guida versus Diego Sanchez, the fight, and yeah. I, I fell in love with MMA, and then the first show I watched live was Franklin versus Belfort, when he knocked them out in about a minute and a half. And... I went for a jog at like seven in the morning when that finished, <laughs> and joined the joined next generation about three weeks later on the twentieth twentieth of January two thousand ten. The first day I walked mm-hmm. in the gym. Yeah, I just, see that that doesn't seem that long ago, is it? Didn't no, seem that long ago. It's not that long ago, really, to be honest. But as I say, I, f- I just fell in love with it straight away. I, I, I like the grappling aspect more at first. I got right into the jujitsu. Um, yeah. I didn't really like putting the sweaty gloves on from the corner at first, so I waited a little month from after the first tight class to get uh, a pair of gloves myself and, and get started in that. But yeah, I got uh, I jumped on the jets first and I done my first tournament about seven, eight months later, lad, and won it, uh, ground control. And yeah. everything, just, everything just tumbled upon from there, everything just rolled on. That's interesting to me, like, because... From that, it sounds like you fell in fell in love with MMA, like the sport, very very quickly. And you were as soon as you sort of saw it, you were bang into it. But when we've when we've spoken before on that, you've often said to me like you don't necessarily watch 
like the UFC every week and watch every fight. Like you will watch Sermon, whatnot, but you don't necessarily watch it uh, like avidly every single yeah, fight. Yeah, I like. think, think that's because obviously I, I do it every day. Yeah. I mean? So now I do it every morning and, well, not every night anymore. Well, not every night anymore because we can't fucking train every night. But the pros train every morning and I always get a second session in of a day. So, like, nowadays I'm watching it a bit more because I know I'm ready. I'm going to be signing for the UFC in the next couple of mm. months. Well, hopefully the next couple of weeks after I take this big heads head off. But, um, yeah, I've been watching a couple of more UFCs just sizing something to your opponents up. Anyone in that lightweight division who you fancy fighting straight off? Um, well, well, I'm gonna after this fight, I'm gonna go to the university and get a DEXA scan and see if my body can get down to 66. Okay. Once I start for the UFC, I'd like to go down to 66. As you know, them lightweights are huge. At the minute, I'm only walking around. Well, I'm two weeks out and I'm about 76 kilo. Um, when I fought Julian and Rosa. I was 77 kilo on the Monday morning and I weighed in at 66 on the Friday. So, like, I'm a lot more professional now. Everything's a lot yeah. more... My head's screwed on and I'm not a daft kid anymore. So, if I do fight at 66, I'll be wanting to... I'd love to fight Jared Gordon just because of, obviously, he'd be fishy and he made our gym look stupid and that's mm. not a proper representation of our gym. What um like obviously you won the Cage Warriors featherweight title. You were quite young as well when you won that, weren't you? Well, how, yeah, how old were you when you when you first picked 21 it up? Twenty one, I was. It's, it's quite young, now. Do you feel like you've changed much as a guy since then? A lot. I've, I'm a different person now, to be honest. I'm still the same personality. I'll never change, but I've done a lot of growing up. You know what I mean? Even from like yeah. the past year or two, I've done a lot of growing up. Never mind five years ago. Do you put that down just to age and just generally, like, just maturing a little bit, or do you think yeah. anything specific? A lot of life experience as well along the way, but like from twenty one to now, I am. I'm just. I'm. I've got a different mindset. I'm a different person. You know what I mean? Every, everything yeah. has changed in my life. I've grew up. You know what I mean? Not living in my mum's back bedroom anymore. Got my own house and. Yeah, you you you, you say about growing up and stuff. Does that mean you've got regrets with the things that have happened in the past? No, is that sort of like what you're getting at? I'll never have no regrets. You know what I mean? We we live and learn. You've got to get on with things. If you regret something in the past, it'll ruin your future. Yeah, that, that, that's another thing which quite I find quite interesting because you can have like when people have got regrets, whether it's fighting or whether it's just life experiences. If you focus too much on the stuff that you regret from the past, it can have a big effect on things going forward and your mentality going forward. Um, the other thing I was going to touch on is um, obviously you had um, you had quite a big spell out because you obviously you were quite an act like in your early days in Cage Warriors, you were a very active fighter. Like it felt like you were constantly fighting, and then obviously the last sort of few years you haven't fought as as often. Um, did you have back? Was it you had back to back injuries? Didn't you, if I remember correctly, or something? Yeah, I've had um, I've had three hand surgeries in the past three years. So, did they all sort of knock on effect from each one? Was it or 
Uh, well, when I had my first hand surgery, I fought three months later when I should not. Fought oh, Sodom back three months later, made it worse. After I had hand surgery to fix the hand again, and then I had hand surgery on the other hand in September. Find that time out frustrating. Obviously, you went from being quite active to then. Yeah, yeah, in, two, in 2016, I had four fights in eight months, lad, on Cage Warriors. You know what I mean? That's, that's what I want to be like. That's what I want this year to be like. Like I said, I'm open to... Uh, I think I'm going to win this fight in the first round. And then I think I'll more than likely get signed to the UFC. And I'll want to have at least another two fights before the years or maybe three. It's going to be an interesting period, uh, Danny, isn't it? It's, um, like, I'm really looking forward to... The, the the Cage Warriors trilogy anyway because I feel like all three of the trilogy or all yeah all three of the trilogies are just, even on paper they've looked good but like the um, the matches which have been made have been so good um, but just before going back to uh, Paddy so before the trilogies obviously just you fought on that last uh, Cage Warriors card before lockdown didn't you against um, Decky Dalton wasn't it yeah, like, I thought the, the the night the pubs got shut, it was. Because all these people watching in the pub, there was no crowd there. And I went back to the pub after the fourth. Um, but yeah, there was no one there. It was a bit of a mad one. But as you was know, that... I fought in the BT studio a couple of years ago, which only yeah. had about 100 people there. So uh, I, I, it was like a spa when I walked out. It felt like I was just going to a gym to spa, but the job got dealt with. Was that um, was that uh, difficult? Because obviously, that was um, like your first you that was your first fight for a while, and then it was like lockdown, wasn't it? So yeah, it was like your first fight for basically two years or eighteen months, and then it's like lockdown, isn't it? So there's no cards up until the first trilogy, and you had obviously you'd looked particularly impressive in your comeback versus Decky Dalton. So, like, how did you deal with that frustration? Because, obviously, you had the frustration of being injured for, you know, best part of two years. Then you come back, have a first-round victory versus Decky Dalton, looking impressive, and then you've got another delay before you can fight again. Well, yeah, I didn't even know. But I went into that fight with no ligaments in my hand. Um, <laughs> I won that fight with no ligaments in my hand. So I had to... That was my latest surgery in September. That's why I never fought on the next on the first trilogy show because I had a uh, two days after that the Saturday. Yeah, on the Monday or the Tuesday, I had a, a ligament reconstruction in my left hand. So that's why I haven't fought since then. Um, I was going to fight on that trilogy, obviously, and then I ended up getting my hand up that and got told that I'm going to need surgery. So that was my third hand surgery in September, but. This time, I didn't just rush back in and fight on the first trilogy. I mean, uh, in the December trilogy, I've waited. I've let me hand deal up properly this time. I've left my mistakes. And uh, I'll be back better than ever, taking heads off. Yeah, I've had um, I've had a couple of surgeries on my the ligaments in my wrists and on both on both both hands. And, like, I can't imagine fighting a couple of months, like, a couple of weeks after that because, like, I was I was in agony like and I don't fight you know yeah, mine was one, from the ones on using right crutches hand, um, the ones on my right hand the first time I got it before I fought back it was the scaphoid bone that needs mm. to be uh, fixed and then 
Oh, I only got the wires took out of that hand six weeks before I fought him. So my hand was still cabbaged. You know what I mean? That's why when yeah. I put that choke on, I couldn't, I couldn't get the full, full squeeze on it. And he, and he couldn't, and he didn't go to sleep. But it's one of them. We live and we learn. That's why I never fought so soon after me, after the hand surgery on this hand, and I had to just let it heal properly. So um, now my hand's nice and strong. It's ready to go, and David Martinez is going to feel that jab. <laughs> I was going to ask you about um, uh, David Martinez. Like, um, do you know much about him as a fighter, and have you been able to sort of? You know, have a good look at the footage of him and yeah, stuff like that. Um, we have someone who we have someone who makes breakdowns for us. So I've had a breakdown made of him. It's like a thirty-three minute video of all the stuff he does, all the stuff he does, good, bad. You know what I mean? So I do. I know quite a lot about him, even though he's only had ten fights and that are that are against the gang of crabs. Yeah. Is there anything in his game which you feel like you've got to keep an eye out for, or no? Yeah. Nothing he didn't. Nothing about him. Nothing about him worries me at all. Apart from the fact mm. that he's gonna he's gonna come in and swing an over and right like everyone else does against me, and he's gonna try and he's probably gonna try and take me down because he's like an Italian wrestler. He's a silver medalist in some dark wrestling tournament in in Italy. So oh, that's great. I don't know why you're having your bio on instead silver medalist. That's embarrassing. Does it? Does it? <laughs> <laughs> and uh. Yeah, I, I was looking through at your records and that you've got a real mixed bag of um, the way you go about your results. You, you you kind of got a good dabble in knockouts and a good dabble of submissions, and you've gone to decision um, at least four times. Have you got a preference of how you like to get a fight done? You know, does it feel nice to get the knockout? Because you've got you've even got a jumping flying uh, triangle as a submission yeah. on your record. Uh, oh, is it? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it could we say that you? You, you love your submissions more than your knockouts yeah, or you don't care about them? With, with being a black belt, it, it plays a big part, know what I mean? I do, I love my submissions, but mm. everyone knows me for that now. Everyone knows I'm a grappler, so yeah, I'm not yeah. Also, for the, like, when I injured my hand, it was a bit weird, this one, on when I injured my other hand, my right hand with the bone, uh, I couldn't really throw punches with it, because it had on impact where this this hand with the ligament you can sort of good way round. I couldn't really face out and grapple. So yeah. I've focused on me boxing a lot over the past six months to eight months so okay. I mean. So it when I fought Decky Dalton, I wanted to strike with him. I wanted to show everyone what my hands were like now. And obviously I hit him with a two punch combo and then he threw a kick and we ended up on the floor. If you end up on the floor with me I'm gonna take you back and choke you or pound you out. But that's mm. what I've done. But um, this time, I I can't see how it ends up on the floor because unless I shoot in, which I don't think I'm going to need to, I can't see it ending up on the floor unless I drop them and then take a submission. Mm. And something as flamboyant as this, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, on, but something as flamboyant as doing a jumping triangle, I mean, that real oddities for MMA. I mean, is this something that you rep out? Is it something that you feel is a go-to? I mean, I can't imagine it is, or is it just an instinctual thing you just find no, it's, it's there? And that's, that's it. one of my go-tos. I do it in the wow, gym. Wow, that's actually incredible. I done it. In, I done it in the gym last week, just training. You know what I mean? Rolling with someone. Yeah. Stuff. Well, it is one of my go-tos. It literally is. It's just there all the time. If I notice it, yeah. I'll take. 
Yeah, because uh, uh, what's the name of that guy who does all the twisters? Oh my goodness, what's his? Um, oh, that uh, the the young guy, the young um, American guy, isn't he? Oh, what's his? Yeah, I'll find out. Uh, just, is that Bryce Mitchell? No, that's it. Yeah, yeah that's Bryce, it, Mitchell. Bryce Mitchell. Yeah, he just keeps. Up. I mean, that's flamboyant enough in itself because that takes a lot of lot of prep to be able to get someone in twist. You have to literally twist them up. I suppose, I suppose you would say. But jumping triangles. I mean, I just. To say you had three of them, I mean, I didn't look all the way down. But um, yeah, me second, yeah, pro, me second pro fight, I got one, and then I've done it twice in the Echo Arena: one to Conrad, yeah. Dave, one to Alexis Avidas. And how about amateur career? Because um, on sure dog, you got down as having two, but was it I was just nine two that you had? You're nine, okay, yeah. So they're, they're behind. And how important do you think having that exposure to the amateur scene was for your? Oh, uh, professional brilliance, you know what I mean? Like, you, you yeah. need them, them amateur bouts. Like, how to be nine amateur bouts as well? Six of them went to the decision. Right, and yeah. Three of them are won by sub. So, the cage time helped a lot. In the end, yeah. I didn't have anyone else to fight an amateur. So, I, I, had to, right. um, I, I had to go pro at 17. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you're, you're saying that because some of my students, they'll be watching this. And some of the guys that we have at amateur, they have three or four wins. And that they're just wanting to go pro, and they're like, you know, twenty years old no, barely. Especially now, um, I'd tell them to have as many amateurs as possible. I always yeah, say, I agree with that. I wish, I wish I would have lost that amateur. Right. I wish. You know what I mean? I, mm. I went unbeaten at amateur, and I wish mm. I would have lost that amateur. I really do. Paddy, you know, like um, like you mentioned there, like you went pro at seventeen, um, and we've been speaking to current and past fighters like over the last year or so um, and one thing which is coming up a lot particularly with a lot of the experienced fighters is how much the game has changed not necessarily like obviously like me and Danny have done some retro reviews and stuff in lockdown of like UFC 1 and 2 and all them like obviously the game's changed massively since then oh, but even even, since even in the, la- like, the last couple of years in 2010 the game's completely different like I, I've grew up doing MMA now. I've grew up in this sport. You know what I mean? A lot of people forget how young I am, just because mm. I've been around that long. And like, like I say, it's it's ridiculous how much the game's changed since I started. Never mind since fucking UFC one. Yeah. Well, I was say I I was gonna say like in the last even in, I would say in the last two to three years, I just feel like you look at in the UFC for instance, and you look at some of the guys who are outside the rankings and how good they are, like the ones who are just coming in now, like, you, you, you could, there's a few of them, you look at them and you think they're just going to tear up through those rankings because they can do everything at, like, a, a world-class level. Is that something which you think, like, when you look at your own game, is there a particular part of your game which you think, right, I need to work on that? Or do you feel like, because you're so well-rounded with your skills, like we said just now, you've... You know, you've knocked people out, you've submitted people, you've been quite spectacular with both. Like, is there a particular part of your game which you feel you need to work on to get to that um, next level now? No, I, I know I'm ready to be in the UFC and beat ranked guys, never mind mm. people who aren't ranked. You know what I mean? So I was watching some fights last night, just like I'd fucking smoke you. But... <laughs> um, well, if there's one part, it'd just it'd probably be me wrestling, to be honest, just because of how good some of the American wrestlers are and some of these Dagestani wrestlers are, you know what I mean? But oh, yeah. at the same time, I feel comfortable enough off me back that I'd submit a lot of them. 
that's it. See, what I find interesting is obviously, like, if we was to sit now and go back and look at some of your, like, your earlier interviews when you were in the featherweight division, for instance, like, and there was always rumours of you going to the UFC. Um, and you said back then, like, you felt like you were ready to go to the UFC and do some damage. And what do you think? Are you glad you didn't go back yeah. then? Very glad I didn't go then because I was a child. I was 21. I wasn't even a man yet. I was still a kid. I would have got manhandled by men. Yeah. Well, well, what was the reason why you didn't end up going? Because I know at one point, I think even when we spoke, when we did the initial show before, like I think you know, it was very sort of quite close that it might happen at any point. Like, was there a particular reason why it didn't happen? Um, well, the first time, as I say, it was only 21. I just won the belt, and Cage Warriors offered me a ridiculous sum of money to defend mm. me belts in the Echo Arena. So pe- people don't don't add that up. People think, oh, you'll be getting paid well more in the UFC. Not really. When you're getting paid in dollars, and you have to pay tax in dollars, then when you get home, you have to pay tax again. You'd have to give your manager and your coach ten percent each. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I fought in the Echo Arena and got. Possibly the biggest, I think it is the biggest so many cage warriors fighters ever got. So it's one of them. And then I was doing the same again when, when they offered me the next time. When they offered me the second time, when I, the, the Liverpool Echo Arena show was on, I was about to fight back uh, a few months later and again was getting a, a, a very good sum of money. So, like, like I say, I've got my own house now, lad, because of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for them fights, lad, I wouldn't have my own house now. It's that simple. Wouldn't have been able to put a fucking 30 grand deposit down on this. And the thing is that, um, like you said yourself, mate, is like back then, you were a kid. Now, you feel, you know, you're a man. you got your own house. You're settled. You're ready to go and take that next step. And I would argue that... Um, your you know your skills as a fighter now compared to then are much more you know much more rounded because I feel like even if your skill set was maybe the same as it was you know as it is then as it was sorry as it was then as it is now the experience and the life experiences which you've had since then automatically make you a more mature fighter and a more rounded fighter because. Yeah, if, you deal. If the, you just deal with stuff differently, me, don't you? If the me who fought, if I fought, if me now twenty six for twenty one year old me, he wouldn't last three minutes. That's it's interesting. That I've seen FCC, FCC put a post up today of one of me fights against Miguel Harrow, and I was looking at it like, wow, your stand up is fucking shocking. <laughs> like shocking, no standing, very tall, <laughs> leaning back all the time. Legs weren't bent at all. Wasn't bouncing around. You know what? Like that's why I can't wait for this fight in two weeks. I'm gonna put on a show for everyone. People talk about this trilogy and that, and I'm gonna steal the show. People are only gonna be talking about me when this show finishes. I promise you. When all three of these shows are over, oh, everyone will be talking about Paddy the Body and when's he getting signed by the UFC. It's um, that's really interesting. Danny's Danny's there. He's like. Uh... My fighters fighting in the main event. You better not be <laughs> talking about. Better be not just talking about Paddy. No, I, um, I find it. I, I really do. I find it fascinating, mate. Because, like, I think that's an indicator again of what we were just talking about about how much the game's changed, even in the last couple of years. Because 
like in that featherweight division when you were you know 21 you were dominating that division for a good you know a long period of time like i think the first time i came across you was at the first liverpool arena show i think it was either one it was on b it was on bt sport like and i just happened to switch it on on like a saturday night and it was just the place was absolutely rocking and and obviously you you were on air, you won and whatever. And then uh, that there's, was no, nice. there's no show like it, lad, when I fight in that FL arena. Like, what was that like for a hometown hometown boy fighting in Liverpool? Like, it's, like, it's, it's special. For the championship. I've said it on, on, like, I've said it in interviews, lad. Give Vegas, Madison Square Garden. Give me wherever you want, lad. I'll, I'll pick Liverpool all day. Because when I walk out in that, that, that arena, lad, or... In the future, I will get Anfield on. Don't worry. But when I walk out there, there's there's nothing like it. When my song comes on, and yeah. the people are going bananas, there's nothing like it, lad. There really isn't. You have to be there to experience and know what it's like. I have um, I have a lot of banter on the football show with Liverpool fans, and like yeah, you know, it's tongue in cheek and whatever. Like Liverpool as a place to me is a it's a special city. It's one of my favourite cities in the UK like to go to and that is just it's a good place and the people are generally good as well and like I just think a UFC card in Liverpool like a proper one you mentioned Anfield then like somewhere like that would just be so special um, and hopefully after all this Covid shit's out of the way we can get those because we were supposed to have a UFC London mummy um, just before it all kicked off so it'd be nice to get if they uh, if they repay that by putting on a good British UFC card after all this uh, this crap. even London lads when the, when the crowds are back even London my my warhouse will be next level would you prefer to make your UFC debut in the UK or would you rather do it in you know the well, US I'll be honest, or Fight I Island said, I think I'm going to win this fight and I'm going to get signed so I'd love for it to be on Fight Island or something in the next few months before the world goes back to normal I'd like to experience Fight Island and see what it's like Everyone I've spoken to has been there said it's absolutely phenomenal, including lo- Danny. Loads of crab guys. Yeah. starting to fight there, lad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Loads of bums who have beat. Yeah. So, uh, you all love it out there. You get treated pretty pretty special. It, it makes you makes you feel like uh, you know, all your hard work to get there. Yeah, it just it's just incredible. Even the flight over is just it's quite an experience really is you you, you get treated like you're, you're someone special and you are you know you fight as put yourself through a lot and uh you know some of you have quite lengthy careers before you make it and get out there but when you do you're like you know what i've made i've made it i've made something of myself here it's 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 extreme extremely special i'm, I'm kind of curious um, i'm out to vegas uh this month later this month so be kind of interesting to see how it compares. I don't know whether it's just a bit of a unique experience being Fight Island or whether you know Las Vegas will be special in its own way. I'm sure it will be. Uh, if I'm that's in the, it's like, the apex, Dan, in the that's UFC's it. apex arena thing. Isn't yeah, it? you never right. know. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. might get moved to Texas by then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know. Never know. That'll be. So, uh, you go. That's the point. You're. Uh, is it now? Yeah. No, it's the week after, Danny. You're away in Europe for two weeks, leaving me on yeah, my own. Uh, uh, yeah, I, f- I fly it on the 23rd. Um, That's right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so when, 
on the Cage Warriors trilogy cards, obviously we mentioned like all of them have been amazing. Um, and I think you said to me just before we started recording, uh, Paddy, like that uh, that is in large part down to Ian Dean and his matchmaking skills. And even on this card, like I, you know, I'm a, I got a couple of friends who I haven't made, haven't been able to get a fight. Like we had Aaron uh, Khalid on last week. Um, you know, he's a bit disappointed that he did, hasn't got a fight. But there's some amazing fights. Like we got on the Saturday. Just let's just talk Saturday for a minute. We've got, um, obviously, yourself versus David Martinez. I, I don't think we need to ask you who you think is going to win that one. Um, who do you think is going to win the featherweight title between Morgan Cherrier and Jordan Vucinic? Well, it's a tight one, to be honest. But I like Vucinic, you know what I mean? He, he's, a, he's a good lad, and I, I hope Vucinic wins, to be honest. But Cherrier has got a lot of hype behind him, hasn't he, with all his French fans. But yeah. Like I said, I, I'd rather I'd rather Vucinich win, to be honest. And then he can have that rematch with Paul Hughes and beat him again. Yeah, well, that's it, mate. I um, With Morgan Cherrier, I um, I hadn't really been overly impressed with him over... I haven't seen that lot. I think, didn't think Perry Goodwin turned up at all. Yeah, he just... But like, I, don't, I didn't think Perry He was alright. Like, I, I didn't, didnn't think, think Perry he was Goodwin worth beat it. Steve Amable in the fight no. before. I thought Steve won. And then... Obviously, Perry got the title shot and he come in and I, I didn't even think the body shot hit him that hard. It looked like he just gave up. Mm. It was a weird. It was a weird finish though, wasn't it? Like he just sort of like he you just say, cowered on the did. floor and all. He, yeah. just, he won. That was his way out, which I, I don't like all that. Yeah, with Sherry, like he's on a he's on a three fight win streak, and I was looking today of who's he like who he's beaten. So he beat Lewis. Uh, he beat Lewis Monarch. At, Cage Warriors 106 by Dean a split Truman. split decision and then he beat Truman and, and Perry Goodwin. Goodwin and like yeah you know he got that he had the punch to the body against Goodwin and he won by TKO versus uh, Truman but I haven't been like I haven't really been able to understand all the hype that he gets because he does get no, a it, lot it, of hype it's, it's just in France isn't it like without being big headed lad I am the biggest star on the Cage Warriors roster Apart from in France, he is. You know what I mean? Mm. But that's because mm. he. I think he done. He done stuff with um, French YouTubers or gamers. Ah, right, okay. And right. He, he got online with these French YouTubers and gamers, and they bigged him up. And because of that, he's got a big following now. You know what I mean? So mm. he hasn't really got that many fans because of his fighting skills. He's got it through social media. He's and quite through, well known, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, do see, you do find France sticks behind their fighters a little bit more so uh, yeah, do, you, you do. do you feel like over in the UK perhaps we don't support our fighters so much you know, um, like when you watch Conor McGregor like the Irish get so behind their fighters and it'll be the scousers getting behind me lad so yeah yeah and the, the, the Liverpoolians you will stick together as well and the Scottish and the Welsh but sometimes but I think like, like I, you know, the English, English don't yeah. I'm not English I'm scouse so yeah, I don't give a fuck if the rest of England don't like me. <laughs> yeah. You like okay. it, I like it, but it, uh, it's um, I'm Welsh, so I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> either way, but um, the well, the Welsh are taking over the MMA scene anyway in the next couple of years. I'm telling you, I've been telling you that for weeks, months, Danny. But um, <laughs> so, who should we look out for on uh, from Next Generation, uh, Paddy? Well, fighting the same night as me, you've got. 
Nathan Fletcher and Liam Gittins both that's fans be, that's a sleeper fight mate that is that's yeah. going to be um, a really good fight like I Liam said before, Nathan's one of the hardest workers that I know um, and he's he's coming for that bantamweight belt I think Jack Cartwright's going to win and he'll get signed pretty soon and then Nathan or Gittins are going to be coming to take that belt defo and obviously the night before us we've got um, Matt the Beast Bonner lad big middleweight from our gym who's coming to fight James Webb which is going to be a scrap but Bonner's just a machine lad he's, he's going to be coming for that win they, um, they've announced a welterweight title tournament as well haven't they um, yeah a bit of a mad one yeah so it's, uh, it's you've got the two bouts Jack Grant versus Flamines and Grant, um, who's not a not a welterweight I was going to say I I was going to ask you because I I thought oh, maybe I've got it wrong, but he didn't fight. He didn't normally fight at welterweight, does he? No, no. But he's 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 one and one and two in his last three, isn't he? And his two losses are for the belt. So obviously he knows he's not going to get a lightweight title shot anytime soon. So Got he's you. he's done that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a weird one. And then the other one is um, uh, Ross Tamakman versus Ian Gary. Um, any of those names kind of strike you as straight away you think they're going to win I that? I think Ian's going to win that tournament, to be honest. I think Ian takes that tournament pretty pretty easily. Yeah, I, I, he's the name for me which sticks out. Like, when I look at the four of them. Danny, what I'm about su- you, mate? Any of those stick that, out? I'm surprised the, yeah. the Italian fella who beat Aaron Callard isn't in the tournament, to be honest. Well, yeah, because there was talk after... Um, when Aaron won on the sec the second trilogy was it when he the fight before the last where he won there was talk of him stepping in on the Saturday because he had won in like thirty seconds or something yeah so there was talk of him stepping in for the welterweight title if that if one of the fighters couldn't make it and then obviously he lost his next fight at the next trilogy so I, I was quite surprised to see that his opponent wasn't in this tournament yeah, yeah. I I'll be honest I thought he was going to be in there over that Latvian Express dude or even over Jack Grant because he's never fought at Welterweight before mm, it's a weird one well, uh, Danny who, any of those sort of stand out for you as you think no, I, I'm in the same thinking as, as Paddy really uh, on that front but Paddy what do you think about the idea of these knockouts do you think they're a good idea a good addition to, to Case Warriors yeah I, I would have loved to have done yeah. one of them lads for the lightweight belts right. on one of these trilogies yeah. but in one night you know what I mean like what Jack Cartwright how he won his belt I would have loved yeah. to have done something like that, lad. Get two wins in yeah. one night, you can't go wrong. Yeah. That's proper like, old school way, isn't it? That's it. I'd love to do yeah. a tournament. I'd also love to fight with knees and soccer kicks, lad, but it doesn't happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Speaking of knees, I've got to ask you, um, Paddy, before you shoot off, I've got a couple of questions I'm going to put to you now. But um, what did you make of that disqualification on the UFC card last night? I, I um, think they should go down as no contests. Yeah. That belt oh, I do too. It should yeah. not change hands. Even if you strip Jan, that belt should not change hands. No, he's yeah. just be- he was getting beat up. For me, that was four rounds to zero. The PT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four rounds to zero. Yet Aljamain Sterling jumps on the floor and grabs his head like a little bitch, and gets <laughs> and gets the belt. It's fucking embarrassing. But like, I felt a bit sorry for Jan because, like, it seemed as if his corner. Like he seemed to check with his corner whether it was 
like uh, whether he you know he was able to take that shot. Yeah, I see what he was saying. He was saying like his hands aren't on the floor, so he like he didn't even take notice of his knee. He was just like yeah, yeah his hands aren't on the floor, so he just threw it. Yeah, but it it was just like I don't agree with a split second thing losing you your belt. Yeah, yeah, like something he's worked so hard for. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty slight. It's, it's open to abuse, isn't it? I yeah. Mean, I know it's a you know a fairly nasty knee, but come on, this is MMA. You know, people who do MMA, particularly at that level, they're, they're tough guys. Like but you I've have got a bit people, of a get out. Seen people get knocked clean out and mm. get up and walk out the cage better than yeah. Sterling did. That was that was yeah. happened. It was proper yeah. happen. You don't Let's see many at, guys stumbling around like that, do you? No. Look at Let's what Anthony honest. Smith done. Anthony Smith done the same against John Jones, but didn't want to take the belt that way because he's not a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. He's a man. It's, I agree with you. It shouldn't. It shouldn't change hands. Like if it's, you know, it's a disqualification. It is. It's an illegal knee. But like, it's got to be a no contest. Like yeah, the be- like the belt should not change hands in that situation. And then you're seeing all pictures of Aljamain Sterling with the belt with his arm around people. Yeah. He, did he get? Did he do all those photos? He did, did he? he like all the celebration shots? He didn't even have a concussion. Ah, oh, I see. Yeah. That that winds me up more knowing that because like if I if if I was him, I don't think I'd be comfortable taking all those promotional shots with the belt no, and I stuff. Like, I'd be like, no, let's just run it. Let's just like, run it back. It like, like where he went home with one of his coaches, and he's got yeah. a picture with the belt on his shoulder with his arm around him. I see him Peter Yam Peter Yam quote tweeting it, putting oh, it looks like the champ's okay now. Yeah, <laughs> fucking now. I um, yeah, it's not good. They gotta run that back quick, haven't they? It's I think. bad for like, the sport. You know what I mean? It, it reminds just didn't me, look good. Like I was saying it to me, one of my teammates today, Ben. I was like, lad, it's just like what Neymar does when he pretends to get kicked and rolls round on the floor. That's and exactly what Alvin means there. The problem is that uh, from the outside is like for the big UFC cards, you get a lot of um, you get a lot of boxing fans. You get a lot of cash, protect, particularly with the world with the way it is now. Whereby people can't go out see, and have a I drink see, and there stuff. There was one happened a couple of months ago. Was it Leonardo Santos against the Russian fella? And Goddard took oh. two points off him, but Santos said he continued. That's right, yeah. And he yeah. proper kneed him in the face on the floor, but Santos continued, and he looked in a proper well worse state than Aljo. He was yeah, in a yeah. bad state, but he carried on. And for the, he carried on for the last forty-five seconds of the fight and just survived. That's right, yeah, I remember. By decision. He didn't bitch out. It was mm. my like. Aljamain Sterling was getting. I think he looked. By the way, is I don't know what he was up to in that fight. He looked so frenetic, mate, and so um, like he was just all over the place. He every time, every time uh, Jan would get like a takedown or a trip. Aljamain Sterling was like falling, like he I, didn't seem I, I to have no people, balance. And I was arguing with people on Twitter today saying he was up on the scorecards. He definitely wasn't. Jesus, no way. How the fuck he was up on them scorecards? No. Someone was like, the first round he threw well more. Yeah, but it gets classed on effective striking. Peter Yan mm-hmm. dropped him. Peter Yan took him down twice and he took him down once. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The but when round, they read- same again. One of the judges had Aljamain stealing up, didn't he? I think. Yeah, um, but one, one of the judges also Ow. gave the fucking main event 49 45. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, Dana White wasn't happy about that, was he? No. Um, I seen a quote about, uh, about that. Um, 
right, we're going to get into the, the UFC uh, now, but uh, Paddy's going to leave us in just a second. But uh, I just got a couple of questions which people sent in, which I want to put to you quickly, mate. All um, good, fire them over. Which, uh, which celeb or YouTuber would you like to face in a boxing or MMA bout? It's all it's all the yeah, it's all the rage mate at the moment, isn't it? It is like when it, if it comes to getting money for it, it'd obviously Jake, be that Jake, Jake Paul dude. You know what I mean? Get a get a few mail for that, mate. Yeah, but <laughs> if it comes to just like a celebrity, I'd probably want to do it with Roy Keane because he keeps chatting shit about the Reds. <laughs> <laughs> fucking knock his head off his shoulder for him. <laughs> um. Uh, someone else, uh, Jake asked, uh, "What do you make of Dan Hardy's uh, potential comeback and potential fight versus Matt Brown?" It'd be a good fight. You know what I mean? Versus Matt Brown, it was. I'd like to see that. But I was, I was seeing something before saying he's been released from, as a commentator by the UFC. Is that right? All right. I didn't, I haven't seen it. I have not no, seen, I haven't seen that. He's bloody been brilliant. Elbow, I BJ Penn. That come up bloody elbow. Put a story up. Wow, so he's, wow. being, he's being released because of something what happened with a female employee. Uh, but then I also see yeah. quote, Dan Hardy's quote tweeted it himself and put, this is a lie, we've had a disagreement. Uh, um, so, so I don't, I don't uh, know what's going on there. I hope he hasn't because he's a fucking great commentator. He's, he's one of the really, best. really good. Yeah, he's very, very good. So um, Fightful.com, who um, is uh, run by a friend of mine and is very, very reliable... Uh, they said uh, Dan Hardy's reportedly been fired by the UFC and BT Sport over an alleged incident on Fight Island that he has denied uh, as the cause of his departure. Uh, something to do with the uh, female has been fired by both. No details have been given as to who the employee is or what the alleged incident was. Uh, it just basically says he he's denied it. Everywhere else is saying that he's gone and. All right, so Dan Hardy said, rather misleading uh, headline, uh, and he tagged in BJPen.com. Not entirely accurate either. He said, I'm no longer working directly with the UFC. The uh, the female, and he's put inverted commas, is irrelevant. It was a disagreement over an opportunity missed or withheld, and I'd love some answers, but I can't get any. Which, yeah, I suppose. So from what he's saying... Uh, He's no longer working directly with UFC, so. But he's also saying that the disagreement with the female is not the reason that he was fired. But the way it's been worded in the BJ Penn article makes it seem yeah, makes yeah, it makes it seem like when you say there was an incident with a female employee, like it sounds very yeah, it's so it's so vague. Yeah, it's so vague, isn't it, that it makes people jump to conclusions. Like, you, if you worded it as he had a disagreement with a female employee, and that's part of the reason he's gone, that's very different to saying an incident with a female employee and being as vague you know as possible. what they're doing, lad. It's cliff bait, isn't yeah. it? I, I highly doubt anything like that's happened with Dan. He's a good no. dude. Yeah. yeah. It's a real shame, though, because literally last week it looked like they were ready for the, um, you know, for the, for his comeback fight. It was it was gathering steam, and it looked like it was going to come, but that's disappointing. Um, I, well, I was going to say, I, w- I wonder if he's going to still work for BT Sport, but obviously they said that he's been fired by them as well. Um, 
Okay, uh, did it, did it, did it, did. let's finish off then these last couple of questions. In your opinion, who will be the next British champion in the UFC? Me. Going to get there before Leon Edwards? Saying that, if, if someone who's signed now, I'd say Leon Edwards. Like, But I, 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 I can't see anyone beating Kamara Usman at welterweight. I just can't. Yeah, he's, so good. he's an animal, mate. He's he is, he's unbelievable. Um, prediction for next week Leon Edwards is finally fighting we've talked it's a lot over the last few weeks we Leon Edwards like... gets the win there pretty easily we've talked uh, Balel Mohammed beneath him you know what I mean I think I'd beat Balel Mohammed yeah Leon Edwards will finish him in the first round It's um, we've talked a lot Paddy over the last couple of months really about we feel like the UFC and some of the some parts of MMA media have been quite disrespectful to Leon Edwards very disrespectful. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. Mm. As Jan Blachowicz was saying, people need to put respect on his name. Mm. Leon Edwards gets overlooked all the time. Yeah, and we've been saying about best, for he's probably many the best episodes. Fighter in the UFC at the minute. Yeah, agreed. Don't get to rank. Was he ranked three in the welterweight division? Like, and that's no, that's not a division which is like full of bums. Do you know what I mean? The There's fact some... he even tried to give him Kazmat was cheeky. And he should. He was meant to fight the former champion Woodley in London last year. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what's happening with that Kazmat. He's um, they 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 got the hype train right behind him, and he's looked impressive. And then they've I think they've how many times they called off the Leon Edwards fight now? Three times three already. Off, three, three times, I think. Yeah, three or four yeah. times. Yeah, I don't think we ever see that fight, mate. I gotta be honest. Um, and then he final question: That fight, he needs to beat someone better first. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Because he has like he hasn't fought any real. Like, he hasn't fought anyone ranked, and then the one who gave him the rank three guy. It's fucking mm. it's very. It's a big jump, isn't it? Very audacious from the UFC to do that. I think Leon mm. Edwards would have smoked him anyway. Yeah, be interesting. Yeah, it was a bit of a, it sure was a head scratcher. It was a head scratcher. Yeah, a proper head scratcher. They got the hype train behind him, though, and they like proper like uh, he's there the new golden boy at the moment um, and the final question mate from me anyway and uh, and that is where do you see yourself in five years top of the sport the pinnacle of the sport one of the household names that everyone knows excellent uh, Danny you got anything else you want to you want to put to party before we uh, we let him go yeah, um, so, you know, you've, you've touched on how that you feel you've really changed, especially in these last five years. There's uh, a lot of young guys you know, in my gym, in many gyms. Is there any, like, advice that you would give them, um, you know, for these guys that have similar attitudes as you, that they want to make it? Is there any sort of, like, supportive advice you would give to them? Just keep working hard. Like, mm. at one point, I let everything get to me and thought my talent could just get me so far you know what I mean I didn't I stopped working hard started partying all the time didn't take my career seriously and I lost because of it you know what I mean like, I was gonna, you just reminded me something Paddy you um, you put a post up on social media I think about a month ago maybe about um, the people who you surround yourself with and like when you're on top of the world I'm paraphrasing now something like about when you're at the top or when you're the champion or whatnot, they're all there with their kind of with their hands out, and then when things go wrong, they all disappear. 
Yeah, you realise who's there for you. Know what I mean? Mm, like, yeah. I had a lot of Klingons when I won the belt. I had a lot of people bandwagon jumpers wanting yeah. to be me to get into clubs with me and to say the Paddy the Baddies mate and stuff like that. Know what I mean? And then when you lose and other things happen, you realise who's actually there for you and who right. cares about you. So that's what I, I'm like. Like I said, I'm made up. I never went to UFC when I did. I'm grateful that I stayed on Cage Warriors and I've built myself up more. And just because of the fact when I won the belt, if I would have went to UFC, I still would have had all these Klingons sucking my ass. Mm. And I, I don't need that. You know what I mean? I've got me, me fiance, my family, my coaching teammates, and then I've got a, a certain group of mates lads from by ours who've, who've been with me every step of the way. And then I've got a few other people, the odd other person, lad, and that's it. Everyone else can get to fuck. When I get the top, lad, they're going to be there with me. They're going to be the ones that reap the rewards. All the people that jumped on for the little 30 minutes of fame with me, lad, they can get to fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you find out who your mates are when things go wrong. Um, yeah, you and do. I, say, you... I say this a long, mate. I said this a lot. When things go badly or something bad happens or when you need your friends or you need support... That's when you find out who gives a shit and who is, you know, just there for the night out or just there because yeah, of X, Y, Z. That's exactly right. When it's when you get them low times, you realise who's there for you. The ones who are there to help pick you back up, not the ones who are there to jo- join in and get involved when you're on top of the world. Yeah, and from my personal experience, I was very surprised. Like if you'd asked me before the bad stuff happened, who I thought would have been there. And then who was who who ended up being there and who wasn't there? I would have named the like the wrong people. Yeah, like, the people have, I thought was going to be there weren't there. You would have had a lot more a lot more names. So I can I can count people on me me fingers, lad. Who who mm-hmm. had trusted me life now? When mm-hmm. when in 2016 when I won that belt, lad, I wouldn't have been able to fucking name them all. There would have been that many. Mm-hmm. Is that is that one of the difficult things around me or being you say to yourself like you? When you are the most well-known Cage Warriors fighter, um, you know the most well-known UK-based fighter. Like, is that difficult to kind of trust people and and things like that because you just don't know what their motives are? It was. Know what I mean? It was. Like now, it's not because I know what people's real intentions are. As I say, I grew up when I was a kid. I didn't realize what people's intentions were and. I just let them jump on my bandwagon and be there with me and crack on, know what I mean? Yeah. Now now I know. Now I know who's there for me in the hard times and like I say, when when I am a megastar lad and it's gonna be them reaping the rewards. Because I know where I'm headed, lad, it's inevitable. I am gonna take over this world of MMA. People are gonna be fucking talking about my name, lad, in the next year. I believe it, mate. I gotta be honest, um, and I, I can't wait till your fight in uh, thirteen days, twelve days, thirteen days. It's gonna be uh, another great Cage Warriors trilogy card, and uh, certainly looking forward to that Saturday with uh, yourself. And and uh, next week we have have got Jordan Vucnik to join us, and we have uh, Brad Wharton, who is the Cage Warriors commentator, joining us. What a guy! But Brad is a really, man, lad. really looking boss. forward to that. So um, we got the the last two weeks before Cage Warriors trilogy we have Paddy the Baddy Bim Pimblet join us uh, following up that we have uh, Jordan Vucinic and Brad Wharton so we're getting ready for Cage Warriors nicely mate uh, Paddy it's been a pleasure mate as always and uh, appreciate your time it's a more yeah. than welcome boys it was my pleasure 
Yeah, it's good meeting you finally. When I get signed by the UFC, is a one another. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, I believe that's going to happen. Good luck, man. Don't worry about that. Cheers. <laughs> See you later. Thank you very Cheers, much. Cheers, Pat. Thanks, mate. No See worries, later, buddy. Boys. Cheers as well. What a character. Top man. Yeah, absolutely. I, I um I love the honesty, mate. I gotta be honest. I that's one of my favourite things about whenever I speak to to Paddy. I've said to you before, like it's um there's no no bullshit. Like it's just he'll just give you his honest opinion uh, on yeah. whatever, and I I appreciate that. I like that in in all people. Um, but like you could tell, like he's uh, Paddy has grown up a lot in like the last sort of five years or so. Um, he's a completely. If you look at some of his interviews from when he was the featherweight champion, he's changed a lot. Um, but I think it's difficult. Like he's grown up in the public eye. You know, he, he turned pro at seventeen. He's he was, uh, you know, he, he started like a house on fire in Cage Warriors, and he became the Cage Warriors face on BT Sport. You know, a national TV show. TV station in the UK, a massive TV station in the UK, and he was the face that Cage Warriors would put everywhere. And for a young guy, that can be difficult and it can be problematic and comes with its own set of problems. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how he uh, how he does. You know, if as he he's uh, as he said, he expects to take care of Dave, David Martinez quite uh, quite quickly and. He's got big plans for the rest of this year, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, he's saying everything with such conviction. You know, he, he really, truly believes it. And it makes you believe along with him, doesn't it, when someone's so confident. But I do think he, he will run through this, this next guy very, very promptly. And re really, there's nowhere else for him to go other than UFC. And I really do hope that it works out well for him to go to Featherweight, because I think that's where he's going to be effective. I'm glad that you know, he's looking at things and, and being sensible about you know, how he thinks he's going to progress in UFC in terms of the, knowing that those lightweights are big. And you know, I, I just think he'll be a devastating featherweight and he'll be a great one to have into the mix. I mean, come on, the featherweight division is absolute lights alive with, with talent, but I don't think he'll be out of place there at all. Mm, indeed, mate. It's going to be uh, so fascinating, mate, because some of the names... From the UK scene going into the UFC now, it just it's wild, mate. Like some massive yeah, that, names, massive talents. Yeah, they're, they're pouring in, it seems. Um, they're the getting signed up on, on a regular basis. Yeah, it's really good, really good to see. Um, just going back to the Dan Hardy thing, I was just reading up um, a little bit more about it. Um, one thing which should be noted is he still does have a fight contract with the UFC um, because he's obviously he's. he's because he retired through the Wolf Parkinson White syndrome, um, which is a heart uh, ailment, he still had a couple of fights on his contract. So that it seems, at least, is still um, an option. Um, I don't. I would be. I would be amazed if Bellator do not snap him up within weeks to be a commentator yeah. at least. Because the one thing. Um, Bellator have uh, Mauro Ronaldo as uh, one of their commentators. Plus, they've got Mike Goldberg and um, someone else as well. But in particular, Mauro Ronaldo, who does some Bellator shows, in my opinion, is the best commentator in the world. Um, right. 
him alongside Dan Hardy, in my opinion, would give the Bellator the best commentary team in the world yeah. for uh, MMA. Yeah. Yeah, we, we had mentioned about Dan Hardy and his commentary um, quite recently, I think it was. Uh, yeah, that's really gutting news, to be honest. Really, it is, really yeah. gutting news. Um, yeah, because, uh, I mean, I've known Dan for a long time, but I did know him. You know, as perhaps as well as I do now in terms of watching him do his commentary, but and stuff. Yeah. But I do chat to Dan when I see him. Obviously, he's a busy, busy guy. But yeah, his commentary skills are just so impressive. He just he's so fluent. He's articulate. He's very precise, direct. He sees sees everything and more um, to the, to the regular person. Yeah, absolutely gutting. Uh, I hope it all turns out to not be true. But if it is, it is what it is. And he'll move on, yeah, and probably get snapped up by Bellator. I think that would probably be a natural transition if he wants to stay doing commentary. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he was to be a cage warrior. Him and Brad Wharton on cage warriors could be quite a good combination as well. Um, Although cage warriors obviously linked. He does, he said in in his statement, he won't be working directly with the UFC. Mm. So, I mean, cage warriors would kind of fit in under that statement because they're on the UFC fight pass. But obviously yeah. they're a separate company. Uh, be interesting. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll all pan out, won't it, in the next yes, coming days and weeks. Um, UFC, though, mate, they've got so many good commentators like Paul Felder, Dominic Cruz, Michael Bispin. And then you've got like Joe Rogan, Daniel Cormier and John Anik, of course, are the sort of them. They're the first choice three, as, as you, if you like. Um, that card last night, mate, was ridiculous. <sighs> we talked about how stacked it was. Um, yeah, it was I haven't watched the early prelims, which I probably will watch later because I've heard a couple of those were pretty good. But I watched the full prelims and the main card. Um, so we'll start with the uh, Kai Kara France defeated uh, Rogerio Bonatorin uh, via a TKO. Uh, this was a flyweight bout, rank nine versus rank eight. Kai Kara France, I thought, looked real impressive. I got to say. Yeah, no, no, it did. Um, I'm just trying to recap yeah, don't know myself on, on this because uh, I watched all of the fights. I was enjoying yeah. it so much. I literally had a whole day watching it. Um, yeah, just recapping who's who because I've gone through so, so many names here. Yeah, Kai oh, right, yeah. France was. Right, yeah, he had a sticky. He had a sticky start though, didn't he? Um, he did. Yeah, the first minute or two was a bit ooh, and then he yeah. got himself together That's quick right. though. Yeah, he, he was um, struggling a little bit, but uh, he recovered because he de- had to defend that back position for quite a long time. Um, and it was, there was a couple of times where it really stuck underneath, and I thought mm-hmm. he was done. Uh, and I think anyone watching thought he was going to be done. But he fought out of it. But of course, when you're on someone's back and you're trying to choke them, you're taking something out of your arms. And when they got back to their feet, he just went straight after Bonatorin. And. Uh, Bonatorian yeah, is so um, sorry to interrupt you, mate. He's, he's yeah, so okay. good with the jujitsu that I thought when he once he had his back early on, I thought, Geez, so early. that's it." I thought it was yeah. over, and his Kai Kara France's um, defense was so impressive. And then to then go and go from that position where you felt he was in so much danger to then yeah. go and win the fight quite convincingly was really impressive. I thought. Yeah, I think yeah. When you got someone in your back and they've been attacking you like that, there was situations where it was stood as well, where he got stood up, and he's on the back. But that was his saving grace, really, because 
Venturian fell off his back, didn't he? And went underneath and yes. then he scrambled back up to his feet. But like I say, it takes something out of your arms when you're trying to force a choke on and and, and you, it, it doesn't work out and you fall off. So your your arms are full of used, used blood and your body's going to try and have to get all that lactic acid out. And you, he did the exact right thing, which is to go on the attack afterwards, um, especially with the hands and he was just being aggressive. Yeah, and, and he floored him. He... he yeah, there was a little bit of um, a little misunderstanding as well about when the fight stopped, wasn't there? Um, he, he went yeah. running back over, didn't he? Um, so there was, well, there was a very confusing incident. I think it was because the referee didn't... Like, he kind of... Because when he knocked him out, he walked off. And as he walked off, the referee kind of just put his arm across him and shadowed him away. But then yeah. when he circled around celebrating... It looked to him, I think, as if the referee was kind of saying, you know, he wasn't a, he hadn't ended the fight. So he ran over it to do a hammer fist to finish it. And the yeah. ref then blocked him and and Bonaturin didn't like it too much. But, um, yeah, I thought Kai Kara France was pretty good. And then next up on the prelims, we had um, Ashkar, um, Askarov versus uh, Joseph Benavidez, another flyweight bout. And like it wasn't long ago, Benavidez was main event in him. Yeah, I know a card, but and I don't think it's any necessarily uh, disrespectful or anything like that. I think it's just this card was so stacked that there's only so many fights you can put on the main card. Sure. Um, I still it's a bit strange to me that it was so like jam packed when you could spread some of these fights out, you know, over some yeah, cards. I, I just yeah yeah. I thought it was I just, great just, to watch. It, it just all fell in place that we ended up with an incredible prelims and, and, and a pretty impressive main card as well. I mean, the main card was good as well. But you do find on the prelims, you know, these young guys or these guys with early contracts in UFC are trying to make an impression. So they kind of let it all out a little bit more. I think once they become established, they become a little bit more sure-footed on their approach of each fight. But the prelims, they really do go for it. But Askarov, wasn't he impressive? And Benedict, he's just really struggling now. Um, he's always had a crude game. He's never looked pretty with the way he strikes. He's just been a very, very physical dude. Clearly got quite, uh, a lot of dynamite in his hands and a lot of power and athletic, athletically gifted and a massive desire to win. But that's just not enough these days. He, he was just getting technically outdone. He's getting done with the teep, getting outmatched with the hands. He kept trying to loop his shots. Um, Askarov just kept keeping it straight and so that's why his shots were landing more than Benedidez and then in the wrestling exchanges wow I mean he's taking Benedidez down so clean with the, the same type takedown on numerous occasions um, yeah it just looked like two guys with two different levels it, it really did um, you got to wonder where Benedidez goes from here uh, what is that three losses in a row yeah, I think he's had now yeah not too sure where he goes from here yeah but Askarov, you know, he's on the way up. He's looking very, very convincing. Yeah, Khabib in his corner, telling him what to do. Mm. Makes you think he's only going to get um, better. Was it? No, it wasn't Khabib. Was it Khabib in, in his corner? I'm not too sure. It was wasn't in this one. It was, um, it was uh, Islam. Salam Makachev. Islam, yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, sorry, that was my mistake. The... Um, Askarov just looks superb. Like you'd imagine, he'll go up to at least rank number two now because Benavides was two. Um, yeah. 
Next up was one of my favourite fights of the night, and that was Kyler Phillips versus Song Yardung, with uh, Kyler oh, Phillips yeah. not in the rankings. Song Yardung was a heavy favourite in number 14. Uh, Kyler Phillips took the decision 29-28 across the board. Um, other than finishing this fight, Kyle Phillips, Kyler Phillips couldn't have done much more. Thought he was about as impressive as he could have been. But Song Yardung, what a chin this guy has got. Jesus. Yeah, uh, you hear that shin kick that landed on top of his head. It made a hell of a racket. I think he got away with it because it did it, it did skim him. Although it was fairly impactful. I think a little low on the head. It would have opened him up or, or knocked him out, you would only but think. But still an impressive chin nevertheless because it made such a sound. It must have connected fairly solidly. But, um, yeah, Yodong still impressed me with his... You know, output and, yeah. and desire to push and win, but I think he just struggled with Philip's range. Philip was yeah. uh, being really outward, really patient. Um, he would he would go in and really make something of his attacks and really push forward, but then stay out of trouble, recover, and then go back in again. Um, and then soon as uh, Yadong tried to get in the pocket where he looked like he could be effective, he would throw in a nice takedown. And yeah, he kind of just did enough of everything in the right order to, to keep stealing each round. Although I did think he lost that final round. I think he began to get yeah, a little bit tired. Around. Yeah. And, and so you know, perhaps Kyle Phillips has got to think about how he's going to deal with five rounds. Um, Cause in that yeah. division, you know, it's, it's a, it's a brutal pace at all times, isn't it? But he did look like he was beginning to slow up in that third round. Maybe that's, you know, Song Yodong was perhaps, Sussing out his style a little bit more and knowing how to go about trying to get successes come that third round, I don't know. But Kyler Phillips overall was impressive. Um, really good distance management and um, making the right choices at the right time. It's, I think, that's what's led him to get that victory. Yeah, I just thought it was um, a very enjoyable fight. Like, Song, yeah. uh, Song Yardog is just an absolute animal. Like, his chin is just incredible. He took some massive shots on the yeah. button and they just yeah, didn't he yeah. just and what what was weird about this fight is Song did not stop coming forward for the whole fight no. No. but he was taking these massive shots but he kept coming forward just kept coming yeah. forward and forward oh, he, was he was very machine like um, it just felt like he was his punches were a little bit short um, he just couldn't dig him in because um, he's clearly got power we've seen that in previous fights he's got the power there but it, it was the ability of Kyler to get in and out. He, he was getting in, dropping off his payload and getting out of trouble very, very quickly. And whenever in doubt, he managed to shoot in and get the takedown or at least shoot in to re-establish range and just stop Yodong being effective. It was uh, an impressive performance. Did you see the female bout as well the, on the prelims? Because that was on the, that was the earlier oh, part I of the prelims. I didn't see, no, that, was, so that was an early and prelims. So, yeah, because uh, Lemos, she's one to look out for. He's got incredible power, incredible power, punching and kicking. Like, it, it, it was frightful. I felt sorry for Salza. Um, Salza got knocked down more than once. It's on the second occasion that the ref decided to step in. But mm. she had some punts. Uh, Salza had some punts at leg lock at some points, but nothing looked, looked like it was going to get anywhere near to, to get successes um, it just prolonged what was inevitable which was 
to get dropped on that second time and and get put out and get the rest to step in. But Lemos, yeah, very very impressive, very very powerful, very cool, calm and collected. Showed good stability on top in the grappling exchanges. Yeah, she's she's one to look out for. Yeah, it's girl there. I'm, I'm gonna check that fight out, mate. Very short. Yeah, actually. it was. It, it's yeah. impressive. It's only a short <clears> fight, <throat> but it's a good one to watch. So the main event, if you like, of the prelims was Dominic Cruz making his return versus Casey Kenny. This was a huge fight for Casey Kenny. Um, obviously, yeah, a, uh, a, quite a young fighter and just a very difficult fight to fight someone of Cruz's stature. Um, Cruz picked up the victory via unanimous decision, 30-27, 29-28 and 28-29. So a split yeah. decision. Split. How did you think uh, Casey Kenny did overall, mate? Um, I think he did well under the circumstances. Look, I, I wasn't too sure what Cruz was going to turn up. Um, I, I was thinking perhaps Cruz has been found out a little bit. I think people who fight him know what they have to do to try to get their successes. But trying to suss out how you go about getting that that sort of situation to, to get the win and stifle Cruz's awkward footwork is, a, is another thing because you can't really prepare for the guy. No one, no one can really emulate his style. Very, very difficult to train for. Um, Kenny was having successes with the inside leg kicks, but just not quite success enough. Um, Cruz looked really good, considering you know he's not fighting as frequently as he did previously. He's obviously gone through some big surgeries as well. He's mid-30s, although a well-kept mid-30s. I just thought those things would go against him enough to not be able to pull off the kind of performance that he pulled off. Um, yeah, Kenny just couldn't get it together enough he just couldn't find Cruz often enough to get the nod with the judges I mean a split decision goes to show it all really it was really close but I think Cruz was doing enough to edge it each time um, the only major success I feel like Kenny was having was that inside leg kick but I think across the board Cruz was just getting too many other frequent successes each round and yeah he got my nod as well yeah, yeah, I um, I felt Cruz had it, but I thought uh, Casey Kenny didn't do his uh, just his overall career any harm whatsoever. Just yeah. perhaps, <clears throat> I think he'd probably like to run the fight back, maybe when he's a bit more experienced or later down the line, or, or maybe even you know in a year's time, because I just felt maybe with a little few tweaks to his game plan he could have you know he could have won that fight like it wasn't uh too out of reach in terms of quality there was just a few little bits which maybe uh yeah. didn't go his way or didn't quite work on the night but um dominic cruz i thought looked pretty good i gotta be honest yeah yeah no he, he did he, he done extremely well and um yeah he's proven himself to still be hanging in there be interesting to see you know, how he'll progress from here. I mean, Kenny was on the up, 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 wasn't he? So, yes. I don't know. Uh, how he, gonna how he recovers, next? isn't it? It's yeah, how, and how Kenny recovers. Kenny recovers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think he'll be back. He, he's um, he's up there in the top 10 all day, I, I believe. So, uh, yeah. yeah, he's just got a little bit more seasoning to do. Cruz has been at the top of the game for a long, long time now. So, you know, it's no shame to have lost to him by any stretch and, and like I say it was a split decision it was worthy of that close sounding decision because it was a close fight but absolutely well done to Cruz um, I didn't think he was going to pull it off and he did 
Yes, indeed, he did. Um, so yeah. we move uh, on to uh, the main. Uh, go on. Before we go on to main card, because I watched all the fights. Did you see the Sean Brady one? Uh, Sean Brady. And, uh, I haven't uh, seen any of the, the the early ones. Because like pre, that's prelims. It's all right if I just skim over them. Yeah, go on. You go um, for a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sean Brady and Jake Matthews. Jake Matthews showed some really good potential in the striking. Um, you know, he was looking pretty good. But Sean Brady, once he knew to get it to the ground, um, he was just waiting patiently to get any opportunity to, to get it there. And he, he looked pretty damn dominant when he was getting it there. Um, this guy was, I think, 14 and 0 or something like that at the time. Okay. But went on to went on to push it to 15 and 0 now, something along those lines. Um, but this guy's, you know, he's got an extensive uh, unbeaten record now. Um, and in that final round, he was absolutely all over Matthews on the grappling, but played everything patiently. He didn't come off from top control, risking a submission or anything like that. He just kept chipping away with the ground and pound, softening Matthews up until he got a top positioned arm triangle. It was just a really seasoned performance, and with a record with that sort of extensive wins with no losses he's got to be stepping right up onto the main card next time around and uh, I don't know what his ranking will be now but that's that's a pretty impressive unbeaten streak so yeah who knows what's going to be in store for Sean Brady in the near future um, what was the what was that fight I was going to ask you about so there was two I wanted to ask you about um, you had uh, Trayvon Jones defeated Mario Batista uh, via yep. TKO, forty-seven seconds in the second round. What was that fight like? Uh, hang on, which one? Sorry, that uh, was the first fight on the early prelims. What, what uh, was Trayvon, the name? So, oh, Tray, uh, yes. Trayvon Jones versus uh, Batista. Right, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, with this one, Batista was looking good, um, looking really, really good with his striking. It looked like he was edging the fight. It was, you know, slightly going in his favour. I would say. Um, and, and Jones was you know, getting a little bit flustered. That was opposite mm. stances. Um, but Jones just looked like, you know, he, he just packed some power and eventually got his opportunity. Um, he, he cracked um, Batista with um, a two-punch combination, knocked into the back and finished with some um, hammer fists. Um, okay. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a polished performance. On, on anyone's front, really. Uh, I would say Batista was the, looking like the better fighter, but in this game, you get caught, you get finished, and yeah, he, he got caught. So, But Jones has got things to work on. Um, even though he got that win, um, he, he, he's not polished all round yet. He's definitely got work to do, but you know, he's on the prelims. You know, He'll stay on the prelims for a little bit longer, I think, until he uh, consolidates all of his um, style, if you will. Yeah, it's just got some more improvements to make, but yeah. you know, hey, it's a it's a win on UFC. Can't knock that. Absolutely, mate. And then um, <clears throat> the other one I was going to just ask you about was the Tim Elliott and uh, Jordan Espinosa. What was the Espinosa's performance like? Because um, I was interested in how this fight was going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Espinosa just so fast, so so fast. But um, Tim Ablett does just does what he always does. He seems to have that set style about himself. He strikes a little bit, he smothers, and he started to uh, smother Espinosa and Espinosa. Um, Espinosa was just too erratic. He was really, really fast. He's clearly athletic, but a little bit erratic, and he made some mistakes, got himself put into grounded situation, and couldn't really recover from them. And um, I just feel like he just needs to to say slow himself down because his speed is 
like an attribute which is his strength but and he just needs to tidy up his strategy a little bit and his tactics a little bit um he was just making unforced errors it wasn't mm. even forced into errors and i i felt like that, that was letting him down somewhat um so tim emily to me looked really really good he, he did a really good smothering style game to push through for the win um i think he was looking pretty impressive but he was just taking what was being given. It's not like he had to force it down a particular route for these mistakes. The mistakes, to, for me, was just being given to him on a plate, and he just took them like any experienced UFC guy should. He was just yeah. taking them up, and, yeah, it was a pretty impressive, solid performance by Tim Elliott. Cool. Right, uh, moving on to the main card. Alexander Rakic versus Thiago Santos, ranked four versus ranked three, uh, ranked two, sorry, with Rakic via... Uh, Winning via unanimous decision, 30-27, 29-28, 29-28. fight was a ball fest, mate. I'm sorry. Yeah, I am. I just think this was two potential big strikers having other fear or respect of each other. I don't know how you want to look at it, but they just I, uh, couldn't open up on each other. They, they yeah, just couldn't I, open up on each other. Um, I was saying when we were when me and Paddy were waiting for you at the start of the show, um, I said to Paddy, uh, they've trained a bit together, and um, these two, Rakic and right. Santos, and I think <clears throat> they almost became so wary of each other and the damage that they could do and the tools that they had that they yeah. didn't go and go for it, um, and that's a shame because I think this could have been fireworks and it could have been a great fight and it just never quite happened yeah I mean Tiago Santos is someone who just he normally takes it to you Um, and there was fleeting moments where he did take it to Rakic and you know it looked like it could have been effective if he'd just done it a little bit more frequently but Rakic is a huge man um, really clearly a powerful dude so uh, yeah I just felt like maybe Tiago Santos felt that he couldn't stay in a pocket too long he just sort of had to jump in try and get an exchange of combinations if something come of it he would have perhaps stayed in the pocket but he couldn't get anything going um, and Rakic just worked a little better out of range um, and the occasional clinches that they had kind of looked in Rakic favour at being the stronger bigger man but yeah it was not the fight I don't think I was expecting or anyone was expecting it had the potential to be a real bang fest but it wasn't, and it was unfortunately a bit of a bore fest. Although, because you know what they're both capable of, I was waiting on my seat for something to happen, but it just didn't happen. But, yeah, I just think sometimes different styles of fighters make some fantastic fights, and some other styles, they just they just don't. They don't always, they don't always ignite each other's game. Sometimes they kind of stamp each other's strengths out, and I think that's what we sort of saw here tonight. Well, last night, sorry. Indeed, mate, indeed. I yeah. um, was a bit disappointing because I was thought this was going to be a blockbuster, this fight. Um, speaking of blockbusters, mate, Islam Makachayev defeated Drew Dober via an arm triangle submission uh, about a minute and a half into the third round. Look, uh, Islam Makachayev is ranked 14. Drew Dober yeah. is like uh, the hot young thing of the division. Islam Makachayev to me looks like a top three in the world fighter. He is scary good. Yeah, um, I thought Drudoba would would have put on a more effective a performance. He just uh, didn't have a chance. I don't think he didn't. Just... He could not stop the wrestling. Could not stop the wrestling. And um, Drudoba, 
to me, you know, when you just see this on paper, it looked like he had matched up really well. But um, Islam's clearly made improvements as well. Um, the instruction from the corner was was obviously precise and clear. It looked like he was just responding to what was being told to do. And, and he did it with great effect. It was absolutely solid. Really, really solid. Each time he got hold of him, you just knew he was going to put Dover down to the ground and systematically outmaneuver him on the ground. It just looked like um, it just looked like a boy and a man rolling around mm. on the floor in the end. It just Dover looked lost. He looked absolutely lost. But Islam's yeah, looking end, really, really. Broken, yeah, it absolutely broke. Islam's just looking so convincing. Um, I, I think it was in this one, didn't they? That that armbar exchange. Um, yeah. Where it looked like Dover was. I mean, he did so well just to escape that, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately for him, the, the sort of like highlight for him was the way he escaped. Not the submissions, yeah. but the rest of it, the rest of it just didn't didn't look good. Well, it just didn't go well for him. But not because he was doing anything particularly wrong. Islam was just the the better fighter all round, literally all round. It was two different classes in there. Yeah, he um, he just looked special. I want to see him fight uh, like a top five fighter now um, he can there's no he's... there's no there's no point in I know he's only he's technically ranked like 14 he'll go up a couple of places there's no point in giving him like rank 9 or rank 10 you've got to give no. him give him one of the big boys because yeah yeah he looks so special if you just give him like the rank 10 fighter he's going to run through him and you don't learn yeah. anything let's, and, let's and put him yeah, and this guy, it's not just that his technique's so good. I think this guy's very, very strong as well. If you yes. watch the way that Dober got submitted, this was from half guard with a shoulder press. Now, that ain't, ha- ain't going to happen unless you're extremely physically strong as well as precise with how you're basing and, and driving your shoulder in. You, you've got to be pretty physically strong. And, yeah, Dober ain't someone that would just tap out from anything. I mean, we saw with the way he fought out of that armbar. Um, clearly this guy is in it to fight to the end but that shoulder pressure must have been so so intense that he had to tap he's over that or he knew full well he was going to get put asleep mm. really impressive yeah I can't wait to see this guy fight again I think he's utterly impressive Spot on, mate. Um, I demand it I demand yeah. to see him fight someone at the top of the division um, yeah. ok next up we had uh, Aljamain Sterling versus Petter Jan uh, Petty Yan, the champion, Aljamain Sterling, ranked number one. Uh, the, f- the fight finished after P- Petty Yan hit Aljamain Sterling with an illegal knee to a downed opponent, which meant that the title changed hands via the DQ, which we discussed earlier with Paddy. That shouldn't be the case, but it is. Um, do you think, well, like Paddy said, he said he felt that, um, that Aljamain Sterling made the most of it. He did take a big knee to the face but my argument or the one thing I would say about that side of it is yes it's an illegal knee what I didn't like is that once he got his interview out the way there's social media posts and videos of him looking you know he's fine um, which says to me then that maybe he knew he was four rounds down to it and this is the problem with that rule Dan is it is open to abuse. He was four rounds down in that fight. He was losing. He takes an illegal knee and suddenly he's champion if he doesn't continue the fight. That can't be... No. That's not that right, should, is it? 
it should go down as a no contest and they should rerun it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, an illegal strike's an illegal strike. I kind of get of that. But you're, you're right, you know, and this is what I was saying as well. You're, it is open to abuse. And you bet your boots, your co- the coaches were like, stay down, stay down. God, and he why did. Would you win? He, why would you tell him to get up if you're his yeah, coach? Seriously. Yeah. I yeah, know, personally, like, in my mind, I, I, I just couldn't win that way. I just, it's just, yeah, I just but, can't do it. But some people can. And but if your if your job is to do what's best for your fighter, then ultimately is what was best from from his point of view. Like, is what was best for that fighter for him to not finish that fight. Yeah, I, whether I just, you look at it from a health point of view or a yeah. winning point of view, like why should I saw a few people saying on social media today, why should he finish the fight when he's taking a shot like that? Like, yeah, no, no, maybe not, but I don't think the temptation of, oh, right, I've been taking a big strike, I don't want to finish the fight. Oh, and I'll get the belt. Yeah, that just, should be just, that should be taken out of it, shouldn't it? Yeah, like, ultimately. I, 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 I it guarantee you, no if, if the rules were different and it wasn't going to be the case that he'd be handed the belt, that fight would have continued. And um, Yeah, and that's where the problem is, isn't it? That, yeah, basically, yeah. that's where the Everyone, issue is. Yeah, and so people are going to see it differently, but I still say that, that, that things should change in that instance. It really should. But you know, this, you know, talking about the fight, Sterling was actually really impressive for the first half of the first round. I thought, hey, up, he's got... A strategy here he's got some idea about how he's going about beating Petty Yan but Petty Yan just I think he just was patient he knew he had five fives and he was just staying safe during that on poor I wouldn't say onslaught but that on poor because it was almost like a pouring striking method that Sterling was using it was just pouring and tip tapping on okay I, I think there was one of those long knees or may have been a partial jumping knee that skimmed through to Petty Yan certainly didn't hurt him but made you, made you um and ah about, you know, it could have landed a little cleaner than it did. But Petian was really, really seasoned. It's the only mm. way I can say. He was patient. He knew he had five rounds. And each round that went by, he started to stifle Sterling's energy um, out of him. And started just outmaneuvering him. He was outwitting him in the striking. He was more um, more successful when he was landing his strikes. He was patient. But when he unleashed his hands and unleashed his kicks... It was hugely consequential, and his wrestling was really good as well. He did some lovely leg-on-leg trip-downs that he kept succeeding with time and time again. Some beautiful back takes into um, you know pickups and side slams. Uh, he was really, really impressive, and he didn't mix it on the ground too, too much. He did enough. He got, took Sterling down, got off a little bit of proactivity. Then he would say, come straight back up to your feet. I just think everything Peter Yang was doing in terms of choices was really on point, apart from that one knee. And you see that he waited to throw the knee. And I think he just yeah. presumed that he started to come off the mat, and he didn't. Well, it was just bad judgment. Apparently, Khabib said that, because um, he obviously spoke, uh, he speaks a different language, Petaganda, so he didn't say it in English. Apparently, he asked his team, in the fight, when uh, Al Jermaine Sterling was down, he asks his team, can I strike him? And they say, one of them says, yes, kick him. So he does it, he does the knee, and I do feel for him, if he's got bad advice, like, that is, 
so disappointing to to put on a performance like that and to dominate a fight like that and then in the moment and it's a split second get that bad bad advice take that bad advice um but then you've got to be aware haven't you like ultimately it's down to him in the cage he's got to know the rules and it was clear a legal shot and i feel i feel for him look run it back I think we see a different Aljamain Sterling in the rematch because I thought he looked all over the place. He was so frenetic. Um, I don't know whether it was nerves, excitement or what, but he looked um, all over the shop. His balance was off. His, he just looked too frenetic is the word I would use. He just yeah. looked too frenetic. He was he getting... Was, yeah, that's a word that comes to my mind, which is for me, he was almost scatty. He was off yeah. balance a lot as well. He, yeah, it like was little trips were getting him over. Like, yeah, it was a strange just... performance because, like I say, in the first part of the first round, oh, he had me sat up on the edge of my seat, thinking, "Hey, like, I wasn't expecting this." It just looked like he was all over Yan, but Yan yeah, was first minute, playing possum. Say, yeah, but Yan was playing possum a little bit. He was just being patient because he did it numerous times throughout the other rounds as well. That he'd play possum and just stay tight with his defence but when it was time for Yan to open up he opened up and was effective every single time but look it is what it is this is business that's going to be left um, undone until they meet again uh, they should run this one back from the get go um, as soon as really and I don't think things will change in terms of the result I just think the fight will look different the second time around but I think Yan is still too seasoned too mature um, in his career compared to Sterling right now. I just think Sterling's got to go back to the drawing board about how he's going to approach Yan, whereas Yan sort of already knows what and how he's going to do things with Sterling. Um, it's for Sterling to try to switch something up and come with something new second time around. I just hope they put it on and put it on ASAP. Yeah, I think they've got to put it on because people weren't happy. So I think normally in that situation, they try to get it on quick, don't they? Mm-hmm. They tried to get it, get that rematch on as quick as possible to stop any kind of um, negative press, if you like. But yeah, don't think Dana White was particularly impressed with it all. But, no. Um, what can you do? What can you do? Next up was a one-sided two minutes. Uh, Amanda Nunes destroyed Megan Anderson by a submission armbar uh, in about two minutes of the first round. She's got no one left at 145. They may as well bin this division off, to be honest, and just keep it. Just do Shevchenko at 135 because yeah. the 145 division is done. Unless they yeah. find some young fighters somewhere. Yeah, this, it just seems Nunes is just so far ahead of everyone she's physically mentally technically she's just too good um i think you know nobody gave anderson much chance of winning but i thought she would have at least got through a few rounds but she was outstruck um she was outmaneuvered on the ground and Nunes just showed you know why she's so convincingly number one uh, yeah it was what can you say? You just can't say much more about that performance. It was utterly dominant, it really was. Yeah, there's not much to there's not much to add, is there? It's like it was so dominant, and she's just so good that mm. it's like 
what what do you say? Like, I just want to see her fight Shevchenko again. What weight does uh, Shang Kui Li fight at? Uh, she she's in. Uh, isn't she? She's in a smaller division, isn't she? She's. I get very confused with the women's weights. Um, yeah. So, how many weight women's weight classes is there? One, four, five. One, three, five. Yes, um, three. Yeah, three. So, what, yeah, she's, she'll, she'll five, be in the smaller it? one. Yeah, she'll be in the smaller one. Because I know it's that Valentina always has to go up a weight, doesn't she, to fight Nunes? To fight Nunes, yeah. So, so if I so the reason I'm I'm trying to look at what big like super fights is there available in the women's divisions. So I think they're probably going to do Zhang versus right. So so you got women's strawweight, then you got the women's flyweight. And you've got the bantamweight and the featherweight. So the featherweight is the one four five, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so to me, that division is done. Like they created that division initially for Cyborg. There's not even any rankings for it. They created right. that division because Cyborg couldn't make weight for the bantamweight division. Right. Cyborg's gone to bed at all. So to me, I think they should retire the featherweight title. Controversial, maybe, but it's a pointless title. Have Amanda Nunes to concentrate on the bantamweight title. Um, She's there's some fights there for her within that division. There's some younger fighters coming up as well, like um, the Caitlin Vieira. I'm not saying she's ready now, but you know, give her some time. You got um, Pani Kinzad. You've got. Uh, who's the other one? Uh, Car- Car- Carol Rosa. Um, not ready now, but maybe in time in that Bantam mm. division. Then you've got obviously uh, like Aspen Lad, Holly Holm, Duran, 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 Duran Demi. But then you've also got Shevchenko in the flyweight division who's gone up and fought uh, Nunes. She's the only one who's ever come yeah. close since Nunes has had that turn. She yeah. has beaten. She's beaten everyone in the flyweight division. Yeah. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, mate. Now, so uh, bantamweight one two one three five. Does that right. make flyweight one two five? I think so. Yeah. So then, does that make the strawweight one one five? Does it go as low as one one five? Well. I'm not oh, sure. Cause you, you, straw, you would think we would know, but so we, we just see these. Straw weight is the, the lo- lowest, which surely is, it's it must be listed, right? Yeah, it doesn't say the weights on them and on the rankings, which is why I and I get very confused with the women's divisions because I I thought one two five was the lightest. All right, let me see if I can find no? that now because I'm straw weight. Find out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, women's strawweight. Right, what is the women's strawweight? One one five. Divisions. Yeah. Strawweight is one one five. So hundred and fifteen pounds. So right. So basically, I wanted to know whether there was any way we could get a a, a, a Zhang Guili versus um, a Shevchenko or a, a Nunes. Maybe. Oh, it's one. Yeah. One one five. So then, flyweight is one two five, and bantamweight's one three five. Three so five, yeah. How realistic or or unrealistic it would a Zhang 
versus Shevchenko or uh, Nunes fight be me. Yeah, I mean, it's so probably the only twenty pounds. The only thing, yeah, that's probably the only thing left to make any of these matchups exciting because they're they've been so dominant in their yeah, respective matches, sh- haven't they? The, so. All three of them have been so dominant in their divisions that it's almost like you have to pair them up in like a little mini tournament between the three of them. Mm-hmm. That would yeah. be like you could book it like promote it as that as well do you know what I mean yeah so Shevchenko is going to fight Nunes the winner is going to fight Wiley Zhang or you have yeah. Shevchenko versus Wiley with the winner fighting Nunes and you know just something because those those women have just beaten everyone who's they've got no one no one left to fight um, yeah but we'll like I say I, I, I say I wouldn't be surprised if Nunes thinks about retirement soon because she married the other lady, didn't she? And now they're expecting a child, and you got to wonder I, I whether they're. Not, yeah, you got to wonder whether they're doing that and preparing that sort of thing because she's prepping up ready for her retirement. Mm. I don't know. I just wouldn't be surprised. Right, let's have a look then, mate. Because the main event, um, oh, back to it now. Right, Jan Blauschewitz defeated Israel Adesanya by unanimous decision, 49-45, Um I did say, mate, over the last couple of weeks, when everybody has been saying um, that, you know, Adesanya is looking towards John Jones, and I kept saying, I think it was on last week's show, I kept saying, or I kept asking the question, is he looking towards John Jones without thinking about Jan Blauchewicz because Jan Blauchewicz is an absolute beast mate he's a he was big good. boy Look, super talented um, uh, sometimes when I listen to the commentary it made it sound like Adesanya was all over him with the striking yes. and it was not the case if you listen to it in silence um, Blauchewicz although he was not quite as tidy as Adesanya not so gameful with his feints he was highly effective and each round that went by uh, Blauchewicz was landing more and more hands uh, on Anderson, you know, it, it was not a massive convincing gap in their striking capabilities or successes. Um, I think it was a lot closer than the commentary was making it seem to be. Um, and on the ground, there was worlds apart, worlds apart. And I think when Blasvich got Anderson down, he knew that he's got nothing to offer to get off of his back or to create any kind of submission attempts. Um, if you watch the way Adesanya tried to bridge out from half guard, it was completely wrong. It was completely um, like a power move, which you're not going to pull off on someone that's going to have considerable amount of poundage, weight advantage, and the kind of caliber of grappler of Blashwich. It's just not going to be consequential at all. He was, he was just transfixed on the ground. He was just pinned completely on his back when he was there. He had no idea it appeared to scramble back up. Um, off his back he wasn't even trying to hunt for the fence to help him stand back up to the fence he didn't even have a great um, strategy in my opinion although Adesanya has been utterly dominant in his weight division I think it's partly because in that weight division he's never faced a wrestler good enough to put him on his back and he's always had his way with his striking but I think we've kind of seen a big hole in his game. We all wondered what his grappling was like and it it ain't up to standard it really is not and you've got to wonder now whether someone who faces him back down in his comfort zone division, whether you'll get people trying to hunt for that takedown now and hunt for it real hard, which I think is 
the key to someone who's going to get success over him when he's back down in his weight division. And what's he going to do now? Is he going to say he said that he's this going was back a, down to light heavy? Down, yeah, um, yeah, I he think said he, he's going back down. But Med, on that on that grappling performance from Adesanya, John Jones would absolutely fucking decimate him. Oh yeah, the, yeah, he, he's not. Not, not going to be avoiding the ground if Jones decided to take there. I just, I'm not so sure he'd beat Jones in the striking. I'm not so sure mm. he'd beat him. He says he's got no regrets over his failed tilter. You know, he wanted to be tried for history. I got no problem with him going for it. I just felt like Jan Blauchevich has been a little bit disrespected in all this. Um, not anymore, though. I feel like he got, he made his point. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say. I don't know whether he's been disrespected. I think everyone was people just. Been quite when trained. I say that, I just think people look past him a lot um, and mm. just assumed that Adesanya was going to walk through him and then go for the John Jones fight. And I just felt like yeah. that was never, not never going to happen. Like it was possible, but I just felt like he's a very good, very, very good fighter. Yeah, yeah. He's showed to be pretty well rounded. Um, he didn't go straight for the takedown he, he spent a lot of the time on the feet trading shots with Adesanya and that was pretty impressive for him to do that he didn't look overly nervous he did react a little bit overly to a lot of the feints but Adesanya kind of makes you do that he, he, he his whole game is to make you twitch and open up that's how he tries to get through with his clean shots but Bafrich although was a little bit reactive he wasn't breaking too much of his form and kept predominantly pretty safe there was no real time you thought, hey, up, you know, I think Blasheris could be on his way out at any time. Blasheris kept himself um, in, in cool demeanour pretty much at all times. And once he figured out where the successes were going to be, you know, he didn't hesitate too much to get it there in those remaining two rounds. Uh, I think the decision was a good one. Uh, I think that he, he did win the fight. And I'm glad Asunder is going to go back down. I think he's absolute legend in his division. But it, like I say, I wonder now whether people are going to approach Adesanya differently now they've seen yeah. that his ground wasn't up to much. A couple of quick questions then, Med. Um, do you think that it was a mistake for Adesanya to do, go, go up for that belt simply because he's lost his undefeated streak, but he's also opened up... Like, people know now that his grappling is not... World class, should we say? Mm -hmm. So, do you think that's a mistake in the long run? No, no, I don't think it was a mistake. I think he was twenty and zero. He's been really convincing and really dominant. Um, there was nothing wrong with him trying to create a legacy by going up a weight. Um, I just think if you're going to go up a weight, you've got to be truly complete. You've got to be truly complete. Uh, be complete and he wasn't yeah I think had he had some decent fight off his back to scramble back up maybe we're seeing Blashvich become more tired of trying to keep him down and failing and then we could have seen something different on the feet and maybe you know maybe Adesanya would have you know perhaps created and invented a stoppage on the feet but yeah, yeah. Blashvich he was definitely looking more tired throughout the rounds but mm. he had sussed out the way to decipher Adesanya's game and he could just get it down and pace himself on the ground even though he was looking a little bit more tired and blowing a little bit more. 
Mm. Um, yeah, it was a good performance by Fleshwich. I think he's got the respect that I think he deserves now. I don't think Adesanya's lost face, although people have seen now that he's grappling not up to not up to much. I'm sure he's going to start trying to put th those wrongs right. Um, and uh, I, I don't think anyone's going to come along very very quickly and knock him off his perch in his respective weight division. But to answer your question, no, I don't think it was a mistake. I just think at 20 and 0, why not have a punt up at a weight yeah. and try to try to broaden your horizons? Um, what, why not? If he had won that, he would have had the golden goose, wouldn't he? He would have had that John yeah. Jones fight. So I can understand it. But um, it yeah. has left him... It's made his division, that middleweight division, more interesting now because people will try and get at his grappling. Of course, yeah. yeah. But um, people... what he's done very well in his 20-0, and 0, mate, is he's kept people away from that because he's yeah, so he's, good. He's very, very tall, very, very rangy, and his striking's world-class. Um and, and the fact that he's so rangy, that ain't easy for even the, the highest-ranked wrestler to get in on his legs, to get in on his hips, to even think about getting the takedown. You've got to come through a lot of flack um, regards his striking and a lot of tricks and a, mm. a lot of skillful footwork. And then you've got to deal with a sizable man in that division as well. So I think he's still going to be fairly dominant in the in the near future but I do think that other fighters now will be working strategies to try to to try to get it to the mats where it belongs if they want to get the win off of Adesanya yeah um, so just going back to the Aljamain Sterling fight a um, <clears throat> few comments from various people around the MMA sport uh, Big, Ho Big John McCarthy and Josh Thompson who will do a podcast together called Weighing In uh, they basically said he took a dive uh, and they also posted a video of the knee strike from a different angle, and he gets his arm up, so he doesn't right. actually take the full brunt of it. Um, yeah, still a big shot, though, in my opinion. Cody Garbrandt says, "Why the, why the hell would you interview him if he is so concussed?" Um, Henry Cejudo says he got a concussion, and he couldn't fight, but he could conduct a full interview and tweet after this is why an Olympic gold medal is the greatest accomplishment an athlete could do but hey uh, Algerine Sterling at least you know you could make it in Hollywood <laughs> yeah um, they're yeah, not happy Darren Till says um, nominated for an Oscar uh, TJ Dillasaw says pretty much the same yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I'm not surprised not, not much love for him I think we, if you're going to start acting all chuffed that you've got the UFC title under those conditions I think it's going to do nothing but damage your your career in terms yeah. of people's perspective of you um, I just think he should have been like it was an unfortunate knee it's not the way I wanted to win he should have perhaps been playing, playing that approach and do damage limitation because he ain't going to get no respect from anyone um, in UFC's uh, yeah with the way that he's won the title and he's acting about it afterwards yeah, I was just gonna see if he uh, if he's like put anything out himself in terms of uh, like you know if he's made an official statement on his social media or anything like that to sort of respond to it. Let's have a look. Um, but yes, uh, <laughs> um, 
So while you're doing that, do, uh, I'll just talk about this other fight just briefly. Go, uh, go, that, on, go for it, mate. Um, Ireland, Ireland Cruz versus that uh, Urus medic. That medic yep. looks explosive. He looks okay. so explosive. He's um, got real attitude on him as well. He, he, he's shouting before the match. He comes in with jumping flying knees. He comes out to get you. Um, he could be someone to look out for. It looks like an exciting character, an exciting fighter. And, um, and you know, I think this will cover all the fights then. And the other fight that was really interesting was Carlos Ulberg versus that Kenny um, Zekawu. I, I don't know whether I'm pronouncing that second name. But that was a really strange fight. You had Ulberg really going on a massive onslaught on Kenny. It looked like it was going to be all over. And Kenny just curled up and received it. It was so close to being stopping on numerous times. But then Kenny just started to come forward. And um, Elberg almost looked like he had exhausted himself in that first round. And as they went into the second round, it started to be very similar to the first. But Elberg faded very, very quickly. Kenny got sense of that, started coming on and knocked him out for an emphatic comeback win. It was a crazy fight, though. It's um, really, really strange performance on both parts. Really, really odd. It's worth a look just to... to yeah, I'm going to have a look. It's another one I'm going to have a look at. I... Um, I just went down a rabbit hole of looking at some of the the social media posts about that. Jesus wept. Um, I imagine it's lights alive on there. Oh my good grief! Like a bunch of children, all of them. Mm. Um, <laughs> so basically, what Paddy was referring to earlier, um, uh, Mirab Dishvali, I think, is a teammate of Aljamain Sterling. Right. Uh, he posted a picture on Instagram of him with Aljamain Sterling with a title and his arm around him. You know, as you do as friends and whatever. But, Petty Yan replied with like a clown emoji. And I think, because I think basically he thought he was kind of like giving it the big end, like I'm the champion. I don't necessarily think he was doing that. But if it was me, I'm not posing with that title until after the yeah. rematch. But, yeah. Yeah, that's unfinished business, and it, it, all it's doing is creating a great storyline for their next encounter. Yeah, it's going to be nasty, 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 nasty. The next one, but we'll see. Let's uh, let's see. I look forward to that one immensely, my friend. Um, I've been yeah. looking forward to tonight's show a lot, um, and it, it didn't disappoint, mate. I thought Paddy oh. was very good. He uh, didn't hold back, said what he wanted to say. Um, We'll definitely have him back on in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a real interesting one. But we build up the Cage Warriors hype next week with uh, Jordan Vucinic and Brad Wharton joining us, uh, which is going to be f another fascinating show and discussion and another show full of top guests. Uh, then Danny's away for two weeks, so I'll have some people standing in for him Um and then on the 4th of April, Danny's first show back, we have another UFC fighter join us who's never been on the show before. Uh, and I'm very excited for that one as well. But um, until then, subscribe, youtube.com slash acepodcastnation or download the audio versions of all the usual podcast platforms. Uh, you can always send questions in for our guests, Anna or Danny. And uh, of course, you can... Get involved in the comments and the social media pages. You can follow the show at Danny Button FS on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Ace Podcast Nation on all social media. But uh, until then, 
we will bid you adieu and we'll see you next Wednesday, 8 o'clock, without fail, for another episode of the Danny Batten Fight Show. Danny, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, thank you, sir. And uh, we'll be back next week. See ya. Planes, I'm always boarding. Just out touring down in Charlotte, like I play for Hornets. When I'm performing, never boring. Now you can't afford it. Champagne Perrier, finished friends on my face. Looking like I'm from the D. D's no Cartier. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply